You are listening to the Purpose Church High School Ministry Podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've heard them all, God has something to say to you. Our vision is to see every student everywhere following Jesus, and we hope this message helps you take your next step in your faith. To learn more about our high school ministry, visit our website, purposechurch.com HSM, and check us out on Instagram at purposehsm. We hope you enjoy today's episode. My wife, Sarah, and I, my wife, Sarah, and I have started, uh, I'm just going to say it, we, we've started working out, okay? We started now, now, hold on, I should say, I should say, I should say this, I should say this. Sarah has always worked out. I mean, that's been her thing. She loves that. She loves that. Um, I'm new to the game. I'm new to the game. And I know, again, you're looking at me and you're like, well, how do you have that figure? It's God. It's just got to be God. But I'm new to kind of working out. And, and my joke has always been, and it's really funny, so feel free to laugh. My joke has always been that I work out annually, right? Like once a year. That was funny. Anyways, annually, annually I work out. And, and that's kind of been my thing, right? But I'm on this kind of skit. We're watching these like... We're watching these YouTube videos, like all these things or whatever. I don't know if you've ever done this stuff before. If you're not into it, that's cool. I, it took me until I was 32. So anyway, but here's what's interesting about these workouts. Here's what's interesting about these workouts. When I was, when I was a sophomore in high school, actually, I started to like work out. And I had a personal trainer. His name was Jumbo. Okay, this guy was huge. He was huge. He, was, he, he made Vin Diesel look like a newborn. I mean, this guy was huge. So... Jumbo and I would work out together, and he would kind of teach me some moves. But here's what I remember about working out back then. I remember, like, I'd pick up some, like, what, Gunny, you're going to have to really help me with this sermon. What are, if you guys watch Gunny's story, I'm kind of doing what she's doing. So, Gunny, no, not, the, is, is that what they're called? Dumbbells. Thank you. Why are they called dumb? That's insulting. I don't know. Anyway, so I'm picking up dumbbells. This is what I remember from working out. You pick up dumbbells, and you, like, work the biceps, right? Like, that's what you do. Working out in the year 2019 is a totally different experience. You know what it is? It's this. This is literally the moves I'm learning, right? You go like this and you go, wah, wah. And you're doing, and you're doing these moves and you're laying on the side and you're working like eight, like you're working your neck muscle while you're like working your leg. Like you're doing crazy stuff nowadays. Here, here's what I've learned. Here's what I've learned. The best kind of workout, the best kind of workout, correct if I'm wrong, sorry if I'm, sorry if I'm teaching you things, Gunny, but here's the thing. The best kind of workout is a HIT workout. Is that what it's called, right? A HIT workout. And, and, and that, that is a high intensity, all those things. So it's that. And here's what I've learned, though. Here's what I've learned. Those are the best kinds of workouts because they're not just isolated, like, to one part of your body, but they're really, they're really utilizing lots of different muscles, lots of different parts of your body to work out. It's literally a full body experience. And what I want to talk about for a few minutes is there was this, this sort of a full body, all-inclusive, entirely spiritual way of following Jesus that wasn't reserved for just like going to church on Sundays or singing this worship song or, or just giving this in the offering plate. There was a kind of following Jesus that the early church embraced that was a full contact way of following Jesus. It involved every part of their lives. And what's crazy, what's crazy, is that as we've been in this series and we've been looking at the Bible, as we've been looking at the story of Israel, this group of people that God had chosen and said, I'm going to use you, I'm going to bless you, that you would be a blessing to the world. That early in the story of Israel, this people of God, was this longing for a Savior, for a Messiah, 
We spent two weeks talking about Jesus and how he was the perfect Messiah. He was the perfect Savior for every single one of us. But then Jesus ascended to be with the Father and left his followers with this vision, with this, this belief that they could continue his message into all parts of the world. And what's fascinating is that this poor, carpenter, Jewish, seemingly insignificant man named Jesus of Nazareth and a group of fishermen, tax collectors, religious people, people who wanted nothing to do with God. This group, this, this interesting band of people, they changed the world. And they changed the world because they were devoted to five things. And I wonder if you and I were devoted to the same five things, if we too might change the world. In Acts chapter 2, in Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 42, it says this. It's describing this early group of believers. It says, they devoted. This word devoted, this word devoted literally means to, like they anchored their lives to. They, they wrapped their whole arms around. They did a full body grab onto this way of living. And it changed them and it changed the world. If you're looking for your life to be changed, here's how to do it. If you're looking for your world to be changed, here's how you do it. They devoted themselves to, and I'm going to teach you real quick, five things that the early church was devoted to that caused the transformation of the world. And I believe Jesus wants us to continue being devoted to these five things. Number one, if you're taking notes, it says at the top, the early church changed the world because they were devoted to, you can feel that, and because they were devoted to, number one, they were devoted to God's word. Go ahead and write that down. They were devoted to God's word. Verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So these were people, these were people who every time they gathered, they would listen to what the messages that God had given the apostles to say, they would sit under their teaching. Well, these teachings, these letters, have become our Bible, have become our holy scriptures. And so if we want to be people that are transformed from the inside out, some of you are going, man, I just want God to change my life. I want God to change my heart. Man, I want to know God. I want to connect with God. I would just ask you one simple question. Are you spending time reading the love letter that he wrote you? Are you spending time reading and soaking up and taking in and processing the love letter that he wrote you? Because that's what the scriptures are. It's 66 books written by 40 different authors over a 1,500-year time period telling you his story and his great love for you and how you are invited into his story. You see, God wants to use you to change the world, but before he uses you to change the world, he wants to change you. He wants to speak to you. He wants you to know his great love for you. And so these disciples who started as 12 and now we have billions of followers of Jesus all around the world. How did that happen? Number one, they were devoted to God's word. Students, do not be verse of the day Christians. If you're, if you're reading one verse a day, if that's where you're starting right now, that's okay, but there's more. 
I, I think about if, if, let's say, I got home and Sarah, and, and I just said, Sarah, summarize in one sentence your entire day. And she's like, it was hard. And I'm like, all right, cool. And I went to bed and never talked to her again. What kind of relationship would we have? It's, it's when Sarah and I sit together. My wife, Sarah, if you're wondering who that is. My wife, Sarah and I, as we're sitting together, as we're talking about life, as she's sharing her feelings, as we're going through stuff together, that's how I get to know her. And so don't settle for just being a verse of the day Christian. Dive in deep to the word of God. In fact, there's reading plans on your chairs prepared for you. Choose this week. Say, I'm going to read this. And, and ask, ask two simple questions. Say, God, what are you revealing about yourself in this passage? And what are you trying to teach me to do with it? What are you revealing about yourself in this passage? And what are you trying to teach me to do with it? The second thing that they were devoted to is fellowship. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the word of God, and they devoted themselves to fellowship. This word fellowship in the original language that this letter was written in is koinonia. And it literally means, it, it means to have contribution in each other's lives. You see, when your life group gathers every single Wednesday night, if you're showing up and you're kind of sitting in the back and you're like, all right, what does this life group have for me? You're missing it. The kind of fellowship that changed the world was a, a group of people who recognized it is my privilege and honor to contribute into the lives of others. You see, your mindset should be, as you're heading up into your life group room, to ask the question, how can I engage in this? How can I dive into this discussion? How can I not be a distraction, but instead be a participant? What questions could I ask? How can I encourage and help someone? Someone tonight may share something really heavy in your life group. Being in fellowship means that you contribute, meaning you say, I will choose to pray for you. I love you. I care for you. I'm going to show you the love of God through my interactions with you. You say they, they recognize that it wasn't enough to just meet on a Wednesday night, but they needed to text each other. That when someone in your group shares about their parents getting a divorce, it shouldn't be, they shouldn't have to wait till next Wednesday to hear from any of you about how that's going. You see, we should be contributing, investing, pouring into each other's lives. And you know why that's important? Because Jesus said, when we love one another, like he did, when we really love one another, the world will see that and they will believe in him. They will see that and they will know that we are his disciples. See, one of the best ways you can show the world that Jesus has risen from the dead is love really well the people in your life group. The third thing that they were devoted to, number three there, they were devoted to worship. Look at what happens next. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread. This means they gathered together corporately and they broke bread remembering what Jesus had done for them on the cross. They sang songs together. This is why you coming on Sundays here to church, not in this room to hang out with other high schoolers, but for you to come and be a part of our larger church is so essential. Students, hear this loud and clear. You are not the church of the future. You are the church of today. The church doesn't need you to sit idly by waiting until you're like 45 and you're gray hair and you're losing hair like I am and you're getting fat. No, they don't need that. They literally need you right now to be active participants. 
You know, 75 of you serve every single Sunday. This church would struggle significantly on Sunday mornings if it weren't for all of you high school students. But I want to challenge you. Maybe some of you, you love serving, but you don't come and actually participate in worship. The early church, they made that a priority. They said on Sunday mornings, I'm getting up and I'm going to church and I'm gathering together with God's people. Number four, number four, they were committed to prayer. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. You know, I love, I've been thinking about this recently. In 1 John, it talks about how when we confess our sins to God, we talked about this a few weeks ago at Neon Prom. When we confess our sins to God, he's faithful. He's just. He'll forgive us and he purifies us. But it starts with us being honest. Students, I want to encourage you, pray honest prayers to God. Some of you need to start talking with God again. It's been a long time. And I want to give you permission to say, hey, God, I'm not sure I believe in you. Hey, God, I, I really like smoking weed, and I don't know if I really want to give that up. Hey, God, I, I, I'm a little bit more interested in crossing the boundaries with my girlfriend than kind of having that conversation about what it would look like to honor you. I just don't even want to do that right now. I want to encourage you to start talking honestly with God. Because I believe that as you start opening your heart to God, he's going to start changing you. That as you read his word, as you prioritize fellowship, as you're sitting in church, as you're connecting, and as you're talking with him, you're going to begin to understand that his ways are so much better than yours. That his plan for your life, that what he calls good, is way better than anything our culture could call good. And then finally, the last thing that the early church was absolutely devoted to is unity. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. And there was a lot of diversity. And one of the things I love about HSM is if you look around here, we've got all kinds of ethnicities. We got all kinds of socioeconomic statuses going on. We got all kinds of stories. We got families with mom and dad. We got families with just dad, with just mom. We got people in here who have stories that would blow your mind. We have homeschool students. We have Christian school students. We have new community students. We have public school students. That there is a real diversity in this community. In fact, there's probably 15 different high schools represented in this room right now. But you see, our unity doesn't come from our background. It doesn't come from our income. It comes from the fact that we all proclaim Jesus to be the Lord of our lives. And you see, there's a beautiful kind of unity that can come when we live that way. You see, students, when we are united with Christ, and when, when, when we are united in Christ, the impossible becomes possible. People who would never be friends or who were enemies two weeks ago can become brothers and sisters in Christ. Because when we are united with Christ and we are united in Christ, things that people would say are impossible, they become possible. And so students, I wanna challenge you to embrace the devotions that marked the early church that led to the explosion of the body of Christ to where now in every single continent all over the place, people are hearing about Jesus. Because they were devoted, and maybe, just maybe, we could be devoted to God's word, to fellowship, to worship, to prayer, 
and to unity. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for our time together. I pray, Jesus, that as we break into life groups tonight, that you would help us to deal with things we need to deal with, that you would help us to love one another like you have loved us, that we wouldn't just kind of goof off in our groups tonight, but that we would lean in and ask the question, how can I contribute? How can I be a blessing? How can I be used by God? How can I grow? And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would make these five devotions the heartbeat of our lives. And they'd become the heartbeat of our community. And we would see this place transformed. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Now, hold-